So look, I, I've been telling you guys that we're going to do this for quite some time. And uh, thank you to uh, Sergey for just becoming a member on our Patreon. I appreciate that. Thank you. Right off, right off the bat, very based. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, folks. So I have some breaking news for all of you. My Z's in the chat. Uh, I told you I was going to do this and I'm a man of my word. And we've now finally made it happen. We finally now made it happen. Our Z shirts and all official The Dive merch is back and available now. You can grab it using the link in the live chat, or if you refresh the YouTube page, you'll find it uh, linked in the you'll find it linked in the uh, in the description. Okay, so there's the link for our Rumble audience as well. That is our official dive merch. You can find it now live on Gearbubble, and we also have our you know always and forever in our hearts the Ghost of Kiev. We have our Ghost of Kiev uh, merch back, but. Yes, it is back. You can take a look at it right now. I told you guys you've been asking for a while. Am I going to bring these back? Yes, we have them back. You can get them now. Uh, there is our official merch from the dive. I know there's a lot of fakes. There's a lot of people imitating us online. Uh, but this is the only place where you can get our official merch. So, you know, when you grab what when you grab it, you're not only going to be looking fly, you're going to be looking drippy. You got your Z merch, your your Ghost of Kiev merch, your Z merch here. Not only going to be looking drippy, but uh, you're going to be supporting the show. And for those of you who don't know the lore, before we get into our first story here, basically what happened was um, I had a bunch of these that we have sold and, and I got my own merch too. I grabbed my merch. Uh, and this was like months and months and months ago. And then we worked with the company. They blocked us. They banned us. They permanently banned my store. And then we went to another company that was selling pro Russia stuff. They banned me. And then, uh, after they banned me and they stole all my money, then they banned other people. And then, so th I was like, I don't want to do this merch again until we have some, well, finally we have someone that I trust. I trust these people. Uh, so go get your merch right now. Again, I'll send the link in the live chat one more time. And it's also linked in the description. If you haven't gotten it yet. Okay. So, uh, good news, good news. And actually we've got even more good news. I start right before I started this stream. We're going to be talking about it later on. Not right now, right before I started the stream, the president of El Salvador just retweeted me. How cool is that? And he's a good guy, the president of uh, El Salvador. Okay, he's doing a lot of good work down in El Salvador, uh, President Bukele. And the globalist pawns and shills, the State Department shills, are coming after him. So we're going to talk about what's really going on in El Salvador because there's a lot of mis, mal, and disinformation being espoused about what Bukele is doing in El Salvador. And it's really great what he's doing. You know, he's been able to crack down on crime, uh, you know, violence, a criminality of thuggery, street terrorists, gang gangs in, uh, you know, El Salvador. And, um, it's really cool. So I was very excited to see he retweeted me. Hopefully, you know, maybe we can get him on the show sometime soon. I'm going to reach out to him, uh, tomorrow and see, you know, if we can maybe make something work. I, you know, I'm grasping at straws here, but you know, he retweeted on me. So who knows he retweeted me. So who knows? All right. All right. So, um, one last thing, one last thing. Sorry, where are you guys tuning in from tonight? I didn't. I'm so look at my my poor manners. I didn't even see where we're tuning in from. So fire off in the live chat. Roll call. Where are y'all tuning in from? I know we got our Z's in the chat already, but where is everyone tuning in from right now? I know all across the world, but I want to see it in the live chat. Let's see it. Uh, who is the furthest away from Los Angeles? Who's the closest to Los Angeles? Let's see it in the live chat right now. Okay, we got Texas. 
the Lone Star State, Delaware, India, uh, Jordan, Australia, Belarus, Guatemala, Russia, uh, Southern California, okay, Alabama, Florida, Canada, Kenya, where else we got Macedonia, Florida, England, Toronto, uh, we got Serbia, Sweden, Idaho, uh, Paraguay, uh, Ventura, Queens, Liverpool, we've got, where else we got, where else we got, where else we got, Pakistan, South Africa, we've got Cyprus, we've got New Jersey, New Zealand, Serbia, Hawaii, Philippines, who else we got in here? Where's everyone tuning in from right now? Let's see, Malaysia, Michigan, Indonesia, Bali, Indonesia, bit of a change of plans. I'm not going to Russia right now. It's way too cold. I'm going to go in the summer. I'm actually going to Indonesia, Bali, Indonesia. So maybe I'll see you there. Okay, we've got El Salvador in the chat. Shout out El Salvador. We've got Saudi Arabia, Ethiopia. We've got China, Ethiopia. Okay, we've got uh, Zimbabwe, Ireland. We've got... Let's do five more. Let's do another El Salvador. Okay, shout out El Salvador in the chat tonight. Jamaica, three more. Let's do it. Uh, we've got Haiti. We've got Australia. And we've got Uzbekistan and Brazil and Greece. Okay, Netherlands. We got a lot of people tuning in. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get started with our first story of the night. Okay, so look. I'm not going to lie. I was... Pretty upset with how many people right from the get-go fell for the madness surrounding the war in Ukraine. Because if you remember here on this channel, and you know, there's others as well, of course, but uh, you know, Haas of the Infrared Show, uh, Samir Khan, there weren't too many people who on day one, February 24th, when the Russian SMO began from day one, were defending Putin and Russia. We here on this channel were one of them. You guys were all, you know, a part of that. You were all, you know, you were the people who understood what was happening from the get-go, from day one. And look, I don't fault you if you weren't, because, uh, you know, I've fallen for stuff. I fell for COVID stuff at first, and then I, I not only said, oh, I got it wrong, you also should apologize when you get stuff wrong and it costs people their lives, uh, you know, but we're humans. We get things wrong, okay? So... But I will say I was very, very worried by how many people were falling in lockstep with the State Department and the CIA when it came to this proxy war in Ukraine. There, everyone's saying, Slava Ukraini, we stand with Ukraine, you know. And sure, if you want to say I stand with the Ukrainian people and I stand with the people of the Donbass and the people, everyone who's being impacted by this, I stand with you in saying that. But there's a difference between saying that and saying I stand with Ukraine against Russia. That's very different, okay? When you say that, it, you're basically just regurgitating what the State Department and the CIA and William Burns and Joe Biden are all saying, okay? So I was disappointed, but one year out, you know, where this is, so this is, I didn't stream on February 24th. So this is our one year anniversary stream, I guess, of the SMO starting. Um, one year since the SMO began. And I do have to say, I'm very, 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 very happy to see how many people have woken up to the madness. And there's many reasons why people have woken up to the madness. The endless supply of arms when the West is claiming that they want this thing to end. Well, if you want it to end, why do you continue to send arms? Why don't you support the idea of negotiating with, you know, the various peace proposals that Russia, Turkey, Israel, China have put forward? Why not? 
Why not? Oh, because you don't support peace. For some people, they, you know, they saw the lights because the lights went out and electricity bills got so high they couldn't afford to pay their, their, you know, rent and their basic living expenses and they couldn't pay for food. And they saw that this, you know, mass infrastructure was failing because of how many resources were being diverted to the war effort in Ukraine. And people started to ask questions and they were like, oh, so this isn't about Ukraine sovereignty. This is about proxy war against Russia. Okay, some people witness the inhumanity of the uh, countless, you know, sanctions and criminal sanctions are an act of war. It's economic war. You know, you're waging a war against the people of Russia. Okay, so people saw this and they they witnessed this, you know, insane level of uh, depravity that was being waged against the Russians. And they said, oh, that's actually the this is the war. This is the real war. This is the real inhumanity. Okay. Uh, some people saw the way in which the Russians were waging this military campaign and they understood, oh, you know, this is actually about protecting the people, the Donbass, liberating them from the uh, the NATO war pigs and ghouls who have uh, taken their country hostage. OK, liberating their country from not legit Nazis, Banderite Nazis. And they said, oh, this isn't Fallujah. This isn't Afghanistan. This is not Syria. This is not, you know, um, you name the country. This is not Vietnam. This is uh, this is actually, you know, an effort to try and prevent further escalation. OK, further war. All right. So, yeah, th th a lot of people have woken up. Now, I was very happy to see on the one year anniversary of all this madness taking place. Of course, we had our Rage Against the War Machine rally in Washington, D.C. About four to five thousand people showed up. Now, should it have been way more? Yes, of course, it should have been. But was I happy with four to five thousand people? Was I happy with the fact that four presidential, former presidential candidates spoke at our event? Multiple Congress people spoke at the event. Was I happy with the fact that, hey, look, we got uh, multiple mainstream media outlets to cover this primetime news. Over 200 local news stations across the country covered this. Was I very happy with that? Yeah, I was happy with that. I was happy with that. The legendary Ron Paul spoke at the event. Dennis Kucinich spoke at the event. Tulsi Gabbard spoke at the event. Jill Stein spoke at the event. You know. Was I happy to see that so many were coming together with the aim of peace? Yes, but that's America. That's America. And I have more hope in America than I have in Europe. Okay, Europe has always kind of been the linchpin of this whole operation of opposing World War III because, let's be frank, uh, they are the ones who've been most cucked to this pro-Ukraine ideology since February 24th. Okay, but the tide is changing in a really big way. Take a look at this. This week, we saw widespread anti-NATO, and some might even say pro-Russia or pro-peace protests break out all across Europe on the one-year anniversary of the special military operation starting in Ukraine. In Berlin, we saw a rally against arming Ukraine draw tens of thousands of individuals. And an estimated, well, I've seen 13, I saw 50,000. 50,000 people attended the event calling for peace talks. Okay, tens of thousands of Germans braved the elements. So it's freezing cold, by the way, and they're braving the elements. So to get people out in the freezing cold is not an easy task to begin with, especially with something like this. <clears throat> but people all across the world understand that the West is taking us down a very, very, very um, you know, quick path towards World War III and nuclear fallout. The demonstrators massed at the uh, Brandenburg Gate calling for peace talks to end the conflict in Ukraine and demanding Berlin cease supplying Kiev with weapons. Okay, so uh, they say that they want, they're, they're, you know, that you shouldn't be ruining Russia. 
they should urge their they're urging their leaders to make Moscow an offer so that peace talks could begin. Um, the rally uh, represented the start of a citizens initiative and the launch of a new strong peace movement in Germany. So here's a photo uh, that was shared online from the event. Let's take a look at this. If it loads, if it loads, if it loads, if it loads, there we go. 50,000 in Germany. What does this say? It's 50,000 München after. Hashtag Freudenskundenberg. Austin Freudenfin in Berlin. Am Brandenburg Tor. Whatever that means. I don't, I don't really care what it means. All I care is that they, it looks like a bunch of people. Okay, so uh, Kevork posted this uh, from Syria, said, why is this taking so long? Twitter, why are you taking, Elon, why is Twitter taking so long to load? I don't know. I just came from the peace demo in Berlin. I saw tens of thousands of people caught walking from all walks of life for diplomacy for the Ukraine war. Thousands more were unable to join the demonstration because the roads were blocked. They blocked the roads. Well, of course, of course they blocked the road. Signs of hope from Germany. Huge peace demonstration at the Brandenburg Tor in Berlin. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Let's take a look at this. Look at all these Putin propagandists. Yeah, Putin propagandists, each and everywhere. Look at these, look at these vile Putin propagandists. These Putlerites. Look at them. All these pro-Russia genociding of the Ukrainian Putlerites. Look at all them. All right, so, uh, you know, this is great and all, but the best part in Berlin was this right here. So uh, Berliners bring flowers uh, to the blown up Russian tank. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was this Russian tank. And the if you can believe it, German authorities, uh, you know, put this like trophy Russian tank that got blown up right outside uh, the Russian emb embassy in Berlin. And they're like, oh, you know, what? Ursula von Leyen, we're coming to make uh, big statements about the uh, war in Ukraine. We stand with U Ukraine and we're going to place the Russian tank at the Russian embassy. Um, well, they thought that this was going to be, you know, a very brave act of show for the Ukrainian people and the, you know, all the Zelenskyites and everything. Well, it turns out the people of Germany or Berlin, more specifically, they had a different idea. They came to the site of this and they didn't greet it by taking photos and, you know, uh, you know, saying fuck Putin and fuck Russia. No, they covered it in in peace signs. And they put doves on it and they put roses all over. Okay, there's the NAFO dog, but they put roses all over over it uh, to show that they want peace. Germans want peace. Look at how amazing that is. So this whole idea of having this thing out, this tank out there, this Russian tank, it backfired. And uh, everyone in Berlin came out and they said, no, we're going to unambiguously speak out and show our support for a peaceful settlement of the Ukrainian conflict uh, against ex escalation against pumping Kiev in their regime with more German weapons, okay? So that's what they did, and it was a beautiful sight to see, okay? But that wasn't all, okay? So you saw that they had the NAFO dog. Some idiots put the NAFO dog on the top of the Russian tank. Well, that didn't last long either because, uh, you know, the, the you know, the soy lords, the soy lords on Twitter are freaking out, but uh, some something is wrong in Berlin. Fifteen thousand people gathered to protest against weapon deliveries to Ukraine. Something's wrong. Some of them climbed the burnt out Russian tank place in front of the Russian embassy. They even tore down the Ukrainian flag and stomped on it. Police were present, but didn't intervene. 
Cope and seethe, motherfuckers. Cope and seethe. Cope and seethe. Cope and seethe. Z's in the chat. Z's, they climbed the tank and they stomped on that flag. Z's in the chat. Let's make peace, not war. Oh, there's a problem. There's a problem. They want peace. They covered it in roses. They were demanding the end of weapons flows to Ukraine. Something's wrong. Z's in the chat, cope and seethe. Hey, look, but Germany wasn't the only country that was doing this. Anti-NATO protests hit France as well. Look at all these Pularites in, in France. Rallies against the US-led NATO bloc and the supply of weapons to Ukraine have been held all across France as well. Multiple mass protests against France's NATO membership and its continued support of Kiev were held on Sunday in the capital, Paris, and at other locations across the country. Uh, the demonstrations taking place for the second consecutive weekend, okay, so this is two weekends in a row, were organized by the right-wing Les Patriots Party, by the uh, led by Florian Philippot, Philippot, who personally attended the rally in Paris. The politician claimed the event on Sunday, dubbed National March for Peace, attracted even more participants than last week, when some 10,000 showed up for a rally in the French capital. According to this individual, smaller-scale anti-NATO protests were held at some 30 other locations across France as well. Beautiful. Beautiful. Look at all those genocidal pro-Russia maniacs in France. Okay, so I'm just going to be honest with you. A year ago, you told me that that was going to be taking place in Germany and this was going to be taking place in France. I wouldn't have believed you. I definitely wouldn't have believed you that this would be happening in Italy. Okay, thousands rallied for peace in Italy too. Cope and seethe, NAFO. Several thousand people turned up for peace demonstrations in the Italian cities of Genoa and Milan on Saturday. Union members and left-wing activists claimed, among other things, that authorities in Rome have breached national law by sending weapons to Ukraine. Okay, so what do we got going on here? We got the People's Party, communists, uh, right-wingers, and libertarians in the United States protesting. We've got the right-wing movement in France protesting. We've got people of all walks of life in Germany protesting. We've got uh, uni unionists and, and left-wingers and, and probably, you know, uh, probably Maloney, Berlusconi people as well, I'd imagine, in Italy protesting. Look at how beautiful this is. I never thought this would have happened, and now it is happening. The rally in Genoa, how have you pronounce it, drew nearly 4,000 participants from across the country, as well as from Switzerland and France, local media reported. Organized by the Collective Autonomous Port Workers, group with the support of the Italian Communist Party, the protests took place under the slogan, Lower Weapons, Raise Wages. Okay, so the union's leader was cited in the mass media as saying that the conflict in Ukraine did not begin last year, but rather in 2014 with the massacre of the Russian-speaking population in the Donbass. Beautiful. love to see it. You love to see it. You love to see it. Also saw this. Protesters gathered outside a major American airbase 
in Germany, the Ramstein military installation calling for an end to armed deliveries in Ukraine. So it wasn't just Berlin. Several hundred people gathered Sunday outside the Ramstein U.S. airbase in southwestern Germany to demand an end to weapon shipments in Ukraine. Okay, so this is absolutely incredible. And um, I just want to show you, I just got to show you one more thing. I got to show you one more thing about this story because this is the best. Well, I think uh, maybe I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, uh, biased here because this was the protest that we attended and uh, helped organize, but, um, you know, in America, but this is, I think it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. So this is the site from the Rage Against the War Machine rally, which took place uh, just a few days ago, February 20th, I believe it was. February 20th, February 19th, February 19th in Washington, D.C. at the Lincoln Memorial. Take a look at this crowd right here. Coming up for you next. Was there anybody here who... Make some noise. Make some noise. Make some noise. Now, Rachel Maddow said that this was a small and insignificant rally. I don't think so. So I don't know, that doesn't look small and insignificant to me. What looks small and insignificant is what took place on February, uh, I believe it was February 24th or 25th. Uh, the fake news media, of course, dedicated wall-to-wall -wall positive coverage of this event. Uh, it was a few hundred pro-Ukraine protesters that gathered in D.C. on February 24th, but no positive coverage, of course, for what you just saw in that last clip, the Rage Against the War Machine rally, which brought out four to five K people. So take a look at this. This is the pro-Ukraine rally, much smaller, much more pathetic, much sadder, and uh, just overall low energy. <laughs> And America strengthening. Oh, there she is. Wait, wait, wait. What's what's this uh, this ghoul's name? Samantha Powers. There's Samantha Powers. She just got back from uh, you know starting her 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 regime change operation in in Hungary. Now she's back for uh, the pro-Ukraine protest that only a few hundred people turned up at. And then this is the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine right here. Uh, need I say more? Like, I'm sorry, even Reuters is saying that there was only a few hundred people at this event. Like, hope and uh have how are you gonna how, okay there's a few hundred people there how are you gonna tell me that that gets all the media coverage in the world but then this gets no media coverage small and this is small and insignificant okay small and, in, and insignificant uh small and and insignificant 
very small protests here, you know, only 10,000 people here, uh, very small protests here, 10,000, 4,000, uh, two protests in France, very small protests in uh, Berlin that drew 50,000, but the few hundred people that showed up to DC on the one year anniversary of the SMO, that of course gets all the media coverage in the world, right? That's how it is. Fake news, mainstream media at it again. Uh, but to wrap this story, all I've got to say is I'm just very happy to see that so many people are waking up to the bullshit that's currently unfolding surrounding the uh, the special military operation, the proxy war, uh, what's really happening with World War III in Ukraine. All right. Hey, look, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We got a lot more news that we uh, have to get through tonight. So be sure to drop a like, drop a Z in the chat. If you'd like to support the show, as always, you can do so quite easily by donating to our locals, our Patreon or our Gibson Go linked below in the description, as well as uh, you can check out our new merch. We have new merch linked below in the description and I'll send it in the live chat for you right now. Go grab your Z merch right now if you haven't done so already. Best merch on the Internet. OK, best merch on the Internet. All right, let's get into our next story here. So let's uh, let's let's move over to here. Okay. So actually, let's start off with that because that we'll just put that in the video. We'll put that in the video. So look. I see the Z's in the chat, and if you're watching this video, comment a Z uh, in the comment section because, of course, every time you comment a Z in my live chat or my comment section, a tear falls from the eye of Victoria Newland. So go for it. But look, the one-year anniversary of the special military operation in Ukraine just took place. I don't like to say, people say it's the one-year anniversary of the war. No, it's not the one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine because the war in Ukraine began long ago. The war in Ukraine began, uh, I would say, when Ukraine truly lost its sovereignty in 2014. I mean, you could go back to the Orange Revolution as well because that was a coup too. But really, the 2014 Maidan coup where Nazis were installed thereafter was where Ukraine lost its sovereignty and no longer became a country. It ceased to, you know, remain a country. And after that coup, it was taken hostage by Western globalists, okay? So Ukraine's not a country post-2014. It's a pawn in a game of geopolitical chess that's being used by the United States. And look, I mean, it's just, it's quite simple. If you know your history, you'd know that to be the case. Unfortunately, no one in the press, no one in the, uh, mo most of the political elite in our country wants to talk about the history. They want to paint Ukraine as a country that only existed from February 24th of 2022 onward. And as if there was no history here, nothing to talk about prior to that date. Okay. They're hiding the truth from you. All right. Now, look, there was some uh, there were some gifts that the West gave to Russia on this one year anniversary of the special military operation, some surprises, or maybe they weren't surprises. I had a surprise for all of you. And if you haven't checked it out yet, go do it right now. I came out with my one, you know, we finally, after it being banned for so long, I finally brought back my merch so you can get your Z merch, uh, on Gearbubble using the link in the description or the comment section below, as well as our uh, Ghost of Kiev merch that is back too after being banned from the internet for so long. We also have our Z mugs, Z uh, tumblers. You know, go get your uh, go get your Z merch right now if you haven't done so already. It's the hottest merch on the internet. But look, I mean, 
uh, it's really crazy what's happening right now because the Russians have wanted peace for so long. Uh, Zelensky was elected on a peace mandate. That's what how he ran his presidential campaign. And now the Ukrainians are saying that they have a clear understanding of what Ukraine must do. There is no peace with Russia and Ukraine must arm itself to the teeth. That's coming from Zelensky. So not a guy who wants peace, you know, not a guy who wants peace. And just to further prove that point for you, I want to show you this video because it's crazy. Okay. There was a very awkward moment in the UN Security Council this week. The Ukrainian FM asked members to stand for a moment of silence in memory of the lives, the lives lost to Russian aggression. Russian diplomats refused to stand, saying that they will only do so if it is in memory of all victims lost since 2014 in Ukraine. Watch the rest. Things got very awkward. I kindly ask everyone to observe a minute of silence in memory of the victims of the aggression. I thank you, Mr. President. So everyone stands up except for Russia. Russia's trying to get their attention. Everyone's like, why is Russia not standing? Representative of the Russian Federation has asked for the floor to make a statement. Mr. President, we are getting up on our feet to honor the memory of all victims of what has happened in Ukraine starting in 2014. All of those who perished, all lives are priceless. And that is why we're rising to honor the memory of them all. Mm. No one wants to stand now. I thank the representative. No one wants to stand. Statement. Should we stand? I don't think we should stand. Should we stand? Um, maybe we... No, 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 let's not stand. Let's not... No, actually, yeah, we'll stand. Well, whatever, we'll stand. What can you write? Russian diplomats are the best. Oh, yes, yeah, stand, you cowards. Fucking weasels. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, Ant Anthony Blinken. Stan, you motherfucker. Stan. Based. Based. You know, that it's just it's just so amazing because you know what that was? That was the West, that was Ukraine, that was the United States saying, oh, oh, we're gonna set them up. We're gonna set them up. We're gonna they're gonna be the only ones who refuse to stand. Oh. Russian Russia won't stand for, you know, the, you know, the crimes against the people of Ukraine. And they're like, no, we'll stand for all lives lost. We didn't want this war. We'll stand for all lives lost. Of course, we'll stand for those that, you know, lost their lives at the hands of our own military. We'll stand. But, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to stand for everyone who's lost their lives since 2014, including the 15,000 people that Ukrainian Nazis slaughtered in the Donbass. And all the lives, the dozens of lives lost in the Maidan coup massacre that was executed by Ukrainian Nazi authorities and Georgian snipers. And we're going to stand for the dozens of lives lost that, uh, you know, were lost in the Odessa massacre. Okay. At the trade union hall. Uh, yeah, we'll stand for everyone. Let's stand. And then suddenly no one wanted to stand. Suddenly no one cared about civilian lives. Suddenly no one cared even more specifically 
about Ukrainian lives. Let's just let's just watch that one more time. The start of the clip there. It's amazing. I kindly ask everyone to observe a minute of silence in memory of the victims of the aggression. I thank you, Mr. President. The representative of the Russian Federation has asked for the floor to make a statement. Mr. President, we are getting up on our feet to honor the memory of all victims of what has happened in Ukraine starting in 2014. All of those who perished, all lives are priceless. And that is why we're rising to honor the memory of them all. Oh, should we stand? I don't think we should stand. I thank the representative. Can we talk about this? this statement. Should we stand? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll stand. Whatever. We don't want to look bad. Can you write? Oh, what fucking weasels they are. Long pause. Long pause as members uh, are forced to examine their conscience. Very long pause as the members of the United Nations are forced to examine their own conscience. Yes. Um, so that was beautiful. That was beautiful. I love to see it. Very good job there from the Russian diplomats. And, uh, you know, the EU rolled out some anniversary Russian sanctions packages. Pentagon unveiled new major Ukraine aid package. We all know it's just... It's bogus. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to change the outcome of the war. It's not Russia's economy is performing quite well. Everyone thought that that was going to tank the Russian economy. It didn't. It didn't. The Russian economy economy is, I mean, it definitely did get hurt a little bit, but nowhere near the level, nowhere near the level that they thought it was going to tank the entire Russian economy and cause like a, a regime change operation to, you know, spur off in Russia and eventually lead to the uh, deposing of Putin. No, not at all. Um, but, but what we do, and actually the Bloomberg is now admitting it, how Biden's shock and awe tactic is failing to stop Russia. So now we're seeing even like the officials are saying that, yes, our sanction war was a dismal failure. Uh, and, you know, someone who has been thorough about this and has been exposing this more than anyone else is the one and only Tucker Carlson. And I really do want to say thank you to Tucker Carlson for being the only one, the only corporate news show uh, that is allowing people to bring the message of peace and an anti-war message, and especially about Ukraine, to the masses. Take a look at Jimmy Dore on Tucker Carlson just a couple days ago. A tiny cabal of people have control of our government, and they're using it to do war for economic profit. You know, what used to, the difference between our mafia state now back then, the mafia helped defeat the Nazis back then. Now True. we're actually arming Nazis, you know, and isn't it just like America to ignore the Nazis that are suffering here at home trying to buy eggs while we fund Nazis in other countries? It's unbelievable what's happening. This is the this is really about World War Three. And why aren't they investigating it? No, not, they won't even ask them a question. You know, Cy Hirsch's art, uh, article came out detailing how they all blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. And the American press won't even ask the people he named in that article a question 
question about it. They won't ask Victoria Newland. They won't ask Jess Sullivan. They won't ask Anthony Blinken. In fact, those people won't even give a statement about it. You know who will talk about it? Kirby, the press secretary at the White House, because I'm sure the people who did the investigations have a pipeline right to uh, Kirby, but not to Anthony Blinken, not to Sullivan, not Victoria Newland. By the way, these are the same people who lied us into the Iraq war, lied to us True. about Libya, lied to us about Syria, dropped so many bombs in Syria, they ran out of bombs. They're doing the same thing. America is the world's terrorist. We have 400 military bases surrounding China. We provoke this. But people don't know that the CIA got in bed with the right-wing Nazis in Ukraine to overthrow the democratically elected government of Ukraine in 2014. We had a, we had a peace deal. It was called the Minsk Accord. And then they violated. Who violated it? Ukraine kept shelling the Donbass, which are the Russian speakers in the eastern part of the Ukraine. And that's why Putin had to be provoked to invade to protect those people. Nobody will tell you that. Everybody who talks about every other news station, by the way, you're the only one doing this. And I applaud you for letting people come on and tell the truth about what's actually happening in Ukraine. Other stations, when I watch what they do is they start the history of Ukraine from Putin's invasion. They never tell you that we overthrew their democratically elected government in 2014. They never tell you that they didn't stop shelling the people in the Donbass. They never abided by the Minsk Accord. They don't tell you that the former uh, German prime minister said that the, the reason why they did the Minsk Accords in the first place was so that Ukraine could build up their military to get ready for this war that they're provoking. Yep, all 100% true. And uh, it's they, there's not only are they refusing to admit this, there's a very well-concerted effort to cover up the truth about all this, even still one year into the war when everyone, like, the public understands what's happening. You're having mass protests all across the EU, Germany, Italy, France, you know, London even. Uh, you're seeing it all across, uh, all across there. You're seeing it in... Um, the United States, everyone's protesting, saying like, this is madness. Stop the escalation. We want peace. Russia wants peace. Russia has put forth, they almost finished two peace agreements with the Ukrainians, one with the Turks and one with the Israelis. Uh, and Naftali Bennett and the Turks all said, yeah, we are almost done with a peace agreement with Russia and Ukraine. And then, oh, Boris Johnson flew his fat ass into, it, you know, it's really, it's really quite something, you know, that, um, he managed to make it, uh, he, he managed to make it all the way to Turkey and his plane didn't, you know, fall right out of the sky considering how fat that man is. Uh, you know, he, he managed to make it all the way to these, uh, peace agreements and tank the peace agreements. Okay. So that's the truth of the matter. And I'm just so happy to see that so many people are finally waking up. All right. Hey, look, thank you all for tuning in. We got a lot more great stories that we are getting through tonight. So drop a like, drop a Z in the chat, drop a Z in the chat if you haven't done so yet. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. And also be sure to subscribe on Rumble, YouTube. It's good to have everyone here. Wow, we've got 7,000 people tuning in. We are in good company. Let's get into the next story. So look, this news does not surprise me for once. I mean, I, I feel like we come out here and I'm always saying like, look, I can't believe what's happening right now. I'm so surprised that our leaders are this stupid, that they're taking us down the path even further, escalating the tensions this much more with Russia or with China or whoever uh, on the path towards World War III and all out nuclear war, you know? But then again, I do have to remind myself that the people of these countries do not agree with the leaders. And that's kind of been the theme of our stream tonight. The people don't agree with their leaders. 
Okay, in the West, that is. All right, so I saw this news and I can't say I was all that surprised. I was all that shocked. Take a look at this right here. Fewer Americans think that Ukraine is winning than ever before. Just 21% of voters consider that Kiev is heading for victory, while 46% see a stalemate with Russia. Okay, so that means a majority of the American public says that either Ukraine is not going to win or there's a stalemate happening, okay? Americans are losing confidence that Ukraine is winning its conflict with Russia, which then begs the question, if you believe that it's a stalemate or that Ukraine isn't going to win, why would you support consider continuing the endless supply of our weapons, our defensive munitions to this country that we know is not going to win? Wouldn't you rather support the idea of having a peace agreement, peace proposals? Yeah, the answer is quite simple. That That is the answer, okay, for most Americans. The latest figures indicate that more than one third of U.S. voters who are confident of a Ukrainian victory in December no longer expect Kiev to prevail. The poll, which was conducted last week and released on Friday, found that 46% of likely U.S. voters believe the Russia-Ukraine conflict has become a stalemate. Those Americans who believe that one side or the other is winning are about evenly divided, with 21% in Ukraine's camp and 19% saying Russia has the upper hand. Just two months ago, it's just so crazy because it's like, okay, let's just look at the stats here. Ukraine has lost probably 160,000 plus men, 170,000, 160,000 men. Russia has lost about 20,000, 25,000 men, maybe, if that, 15, 25,000 men. Ukraine has lost over 100,000 square kilometers of territory to the Russians. That territory that they lost, the people that remained in that territory, that presumably, if you believe the Western narrative, wanted to be liberated back by the Ukrainians, the vast majority, I'm talking vast majority, like 88 plus percent to 95 plus percent of the people in those four territories, Kherson, Zaporozhye, Donetsk, and Lugansk, all voted to join the Russian Federation. Okay. Then, you also have the, the fact of the matter that as the war currently presents itself in this, you know, late winter stage, uh, the situation looks even more grim for Ukraine. Day by day goes by and Ukraine is losing more and more territory um, in Zaporozhye, on the Bakhmut front, uh, inching closer and closer and closer to Kramatorsk, okay? So it's not going well for them. I don't know how there's still 21% of America that thinks that... Um, or nine, what is it, 21% of America that says that Ukraine has the upper hand. That's literally insane. But, you know, this is a sea change. Just two months ago, Rasmussen poll asking the same question showed that 32% of Americans believed Ukraine was winning the conflict. So that's a lot of people that have changed their minds. And just as around one third of voters who were confident in December that Ukraine would prevail, no longer expect a victory for Kiev. The percentage of respondents who see Russian forces winning has increased by about the same proportion. Okay, Rasmussen Rasmussen's findings dovetail with recent polling showing that public support for U.S. aid to Ukraine has dropped sharply. An Associated Press NORC poll conducted in late January showed that less than half of U.S. adults still agreed with sending weapons to Kiev. Just 26% said Washington should continue to play a major role in the conflict. All right, so obviously the American public are opposed to this madness. They say that they're doing too much. Um, 
there's a clear consensus that, yes, either Ukraine is not going to win or there's going to be a stalemate. And can you believe this? This is how Zelensky responds. So we've given him how much? Like uh, probably like $120, billion in total support and arms, everything that we've given him. And then that's just from the United States. Okay, keep in mind, that's just from, you have all the EU of every country on the planet that's Western aligned, that's sending aid. Even Saudi Arabia just announced they're giving 400 million in humanitarian aid, which is really a drop in the bucket. And for the Saudis, that's like nothing at all. So 400 million is basically just a middle finger to Ukraine at this point in humanitarian aid. But um, you have all this madness that's going on. And we've sent so much money. We've every country has basically depleted their entire defense supplies uh, for Ukraine. and. How does Zelensky respond? Zelensky responds by threatening Americans who say that they don't support Ukraine. <laughs> Take a look if you can believe this. Polls in the United States are suggesting that a growing number of Americans believe that the U.S. is giving too much support to Ukraine. What would your message be on the anniversary to those Americans? Thank you. I would like to thank the American people. I would like to thank all of the American people that are supporting Ukraine, the Congress, the President, the TV uh, channels, the journalists, and everyone that has been supporting us. And that uh, percentage of uh, Americans, as uh, you've mentioned, is increasing. Uh, I can tell them only one thing. If they do not change their opinion, if they do not understand us, if they do not support Ukraine, they will uh, lose NATO, they will lose uh, the clout of the United States, they will lose the leadership position that they are joining the world, uh, that they are joined for a very fair reason, and they will lose the support of the country with 40 millions of population, with millions of children. Are American children any different? than ours? Don't Americans enjoy the, the same things uh, as we do? I don't think we're that different. And uh, Yeah, so threaten America. Good idea. So, I, I mean, it, it really is something. You have uh, the, the puppet that's now imposing terms on the master by threatening to collapse. Okay. He's like, well, you know, if you, if you decide that you want to stop sending us your arms, if you decide you want to stop, you know, um, you know, dumping your entire taxpayer base and all of your, uh, weapon supplies and defensive armaments to our country, then you will collapse. Shut the fuck up. Who appointed you? Who, this is like, who, who chose you to impose the will of your regime upon the American public? No one, no one. And it's really poetic, actually, if you think about it, because what does the continuation of supplying weapons to Ukraine and waging this proxy war really amount to? Well, that's what amounts to Ukraine's global hegemonic decline. That That's what it amounts to. Okay, so look, if let, let me just paint the picture for you quite clearly. If the United States decided that instead of, say, 
putting 800 military bases across the world, 400 of which are encircling China right now. If the United States, instead of uh, waging regime change operations in every country across the world that, you know, upset its uh, State Department ghouls like Victoria Newland and, uh, you know, the whoever, William Burns, all these CIA hacks, you know, if the United States, instead of waging legitimate proxy world war against Russia, decided to focus on their own people, focus on the health and well-being of their own people, establish at least like diplomatic ties, lines of communication open with world powers like Russia and China, uh, then maybe the United States would have been able to at least maintain their global hegemonic rule for another hundred years. And I really do mean that. I think we could have. I think we could have. But because the United States has decided to, and you know, this is what they say, that they, they say that an empire is most dangerous during its rise and during its fall. And we are definitely in the midst of a fall. It is sunset. And the United States empire is declining. And as it declines, as it falls, it's like Godzilla falling down on, on you know, on... Uh, falling down in the midst of Manhattan. And as Godzilla falls, it's like trying to claw every major skyscraper, every building, every tower down with it as it falls. Okay. That's what the United States is doing right now. It sees Russia and China as threats when it should see them as competitive partners that we can do business with. Why? Why? why I mean, we all live on this planet some point or another, we are going to have to do substantial business with Russia and China and India and Saudi Arabia and all the BRICS nations and all the SEO nations, Indonesia. But instead of doing that, we've tried to, in the United States, we, we have this new generation of leaders that says, well, all of you are bad. And because you're bad, we are going to basically threaten you with nuclear war. And if you don't like that, sucks to suck. Well, that's not really a coming from a point of diplomacy. That's not really coming from a point of humanity. That's not really coming from a point of being a good neighbor. Uh, that's coming from the perspective and the point of saying that we are better than you, we're better humans than you, and because of that, we are going to threaten your entire civilization. That simply doesn't fly. And when you're dealing with nations that have larger populations, larger landmass, and by extension of that, far more natural resources, far more natural resources, uh, they have larger economies, or soon to be larger economies. They have a stronger economic and military bloc with countries all across the world, because again, the world is not just the West. Well, that definitely becomes a big issue for the party who's threatening to end their civilization. It's a scary time we're living in, folks. It's a scary time we're living in. Drop a like on the stream if you haven't done so yet. We got more great stories that we are getting through tonight. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. And I do have hope. You know, I live in America. I have hope for a country. I think that we can maybe uh, achieve something great yet again, but it, we have to put in the work. Veritas6464, thank you so much for the generous Rumble rant. $100. Thank you so much. You said good day from Adelaide, South Australia. Good day. Good day, mate. Turbo Jerko, thank you for the Rumble Rant. $5, thank you. 10,000K watching, wow. Is that the case? I don't see that. I think we've got 3,000 on Rumble and 552 on YouTube. I'm bad at math, but I don't think that's 10K. 
How many is that? 8K? Which is, that's close. Um, hey, look, let's get into our next story, okay? Let's get into the next story. So, we are going to move out of Ukraine for the time being. And we are going to go to China and we're going to go to El Salvador. Let's go here first. When the United States doesn't like a country, when the United States doesn't like a country's government because their government wants sovereignty, their government wants to maybe work with China or Russia instead of the United States to tap into and develop their natural resources and their country's infrastructure or maybe military alliances, the United States does what the United States does. It wages campaigns of terror. It funds terrorist groups like ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Jaish al-Islam in Syria or, you know, uh, terror groups that destroy pipelines in uh, Nigeria. It wages, in some cases, all-out war, of course. We've seen that, Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam. When the United States doesn't like a country, it, it acts out. It wages regime change attempts, proxy wars. It takes sides that are unforgiving in border disputes like we're seeing in Ukraine. Um, it threatens nuclear war in some cases. Some cases, it even... It, it even takes on nuclear war. But uh, one of the most sick and twisted ways that I've seen the United States operate as a imperialist, you know, globalist tool is by fanning the flames of terrorism and, you know, street terrorism, gangs, drug cartels, all this stuff in Latin America to destabilize sovereign countries like in El Salvador. Okay. Now, just before I went live here, I told you guys that I was so shocked. The president of El Salvador just retweeted me uh, because as an American, I want peace for all people. I want, you know, prosperity for all people. And the president of El Salvador, President Bukele, is doing a lot right now. I think that he truly is um, the only true future uh, for Latin American presidents, executive leadership right now. I mean, you see what's happening in Peru. That failed. Castillo failed. You look at what's happening. In, I mean, it failed before it began. His foreign minister was literally hand-selected by the United States. You look at what's happening in Brazil. Brazil's moving the opposite direction. Brazil, they're the first BRICS country that's come out and explicitly said that they support Ukraine and that they condemn Russia. Uh, and they're, you know, doing some very suspect things, uh, you know, with BRICS. And I, I, I'm not happy about it. You look at what's happening in Maduro. Well, Maduro misses opportunity. Maduro uh, failed as a leader. Maduro's now pushing some weird feminist and LGBTQ BLM ideology upon the people of Venezuela that don't support that. Uh, you know, you go on and on. You can look at all these leaders and they're all failing. They're people. Okay. Or they're becoming cucks to, you look at Boric, uh, you look at Gustavo Petro, they're becoming cucks to the deep state. Uh, Lula put his own foreign minister, it was the former pr president, the former president of the Open Societies Foundation of Latin America, which is George Soros's hub of liberalism in Latin America. He appointed that guy to be his transition government's foreign minister. Okay. So there's really no one in Latin America right now that I see to be a true leader with the exception of President Bukele in in El Salvador. And when he took office in 2019, there was a very, very widespread issue uh, that was 
funded and exacerbated by the United States of these, you know, street terrorists, MS-13, groups like this. Okay, it's why there's, in part, this mass exodus of uh, El Salvadorans that are coming to the United States and uh, these refugee spurges, okay, because they are not safe at home. President Bukele has decided to say no to that. He's cracked down on these terrorists. Uh, he's decided to say no to sending endless arms to Ukraine like so many countries across the world have, has, have done. In fact, he's not only he, he has never tweeted about Ukraine. There was only one time he tweeted about Ukraine on his official presidential account. And he said, the real war is not in Ukraine. The real war is in Germany. The real war is in France. The real war is in Australia. And he was referring to the war on the people of these respective countries in the COVID lockdown protests. When people were speaking out about the madness of these COVID lockdowns, they were being met with violent state suppression. And he stood up for them. He said the real war is not in Ukraine. The real war is in these countries. OK, so he's extremely base and the State Department is coming after him because for the first time, uh, truly, in generations, the guys on the left in this photo are not in charge in El Salvador. The guys in the right are. That's the military of El Salvador. They're back in control. The media and the international left are working hard to change that. They want gangs to run the country. Okay, so here's a brief look. Today at dawn in a single operation, uh, El Salvador transferred the first 2,000 gang members to the Center for Confinement of Terrorism. This will be their new house where they will live for decades, mixed up, unable to do any harm to the population. Take a look at this. base to me let's get some z's in the chat for president bukele cracking down on the street there's the gangs violent thugs okay. now if you're watching this video and you're thinking to yourself jackson that's a lot of ms-13 tattoos you're correct you're correct. That's a lot of gang tattoos. That's a lot of MS-13 tattoos. And you know who's defending them and supporting them and saying that we need to funnel more money into El Salvadoran uh, civil rights, civil society groups to protect those MS-13 terrorist civil liberties? The Biden administration, the Biden administration, the Biden administration who's sending money to Nazi, endless supply of money and arms to Nazis in Ukraine is now defending the MS-13 terrorists in El Salvador because President Bukele is cracking down on these violent thugs. OK, if you can believe it. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. OK, so they have these mega prisons uh, where they're housing like all these uh, all these terrorists and the Western liberal press and political establishment is freaking out. They're saying, oh, their rights are being infringed upon. Their rights are being. Well, first of all, this is El Salvador. This isn't uh, you know, this is not uh, San Francisco, California. Second of all, these are violent terrorists who have been legally prosecuted and detained for in some cases murdering you know thousands and thousands of innocent uh people in el salvador okay so yeah they are going to be prosecuted but take a listen to how the president Bukele of el salvador frames what he's trying to do there and, and how he's doing this in a very successful manner because it's actually pretty interesting so you've uh threatened to cut off food to gang members in prison if they don't stop the killings on the outside 
Yeah. Do you think that they are directing those killings? They're responsible for them? And do you think this will work? Well, at the beginning, they were. They were ordering the killings from the prisons. In the prisons, they had... If you see most of the prisons in Latin America, they're like um, headquarters for crime. They'll be there. Yes. They have phones, Internet access, computers. They will give orders uh, from the inside to the outside. Uh, it's... You, know, you can find everywhere in, in, in Central and Latin America, you, you can find all of those examples. Now, in El Salvador, communicating to the outside, it's, it's impossible. You, you can't communicate from a prison to the outside. It's, there's, the Internet access is blocked. It's impossible. So, but, but still, all these gang members are the bosses of the other gang members outside. So, of course, uh, gang members outside resent if you... Uh, and, and won't like if you do something to, to their bosses inside the prisons. So we, one, of the, one of the things we did was we threatened gang members outside that we will take retaliation with their people inside if they continue the killings uh, of innocent people in El Salvador. That actually, if, if some people don't know this, but El Salvador was actually the murder capital of the world. I mean, we're, yes. we were a lot more dangerous than Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, you name it. El Salvador was the worst uh, and the most dangerous place to live. It was the murder capital of the world. And now we're, we're on our way to be the safest country in the whole American continent. It's an amazing story. And I hope mayors of our cities, Baltimore, Gary, Indiana, New York City, will call you for advice on how to replicate your successes. Uh You'd think that the Biden administration would support such a feat one of the most violent criminal, the murder capital of the world, becoming one of the safest countries or maybe soon to be the safest country in all the Americas, you'd think that the Biden administration, again, would support something like that. That's incredible. You don't hear stories like that all that often, ever, really. But no, that's not what the Biden administration is doing. Just as you'd think it's not rational or sane or just or righteous for the Biden administration to send all this money to Nazis in Ukraine, uh, the Biden administration has come out with an interesting line on this one. They say that they actually want to funnel money into El Salvadoran civil society groups to protect the civil liberties of those MS-13 street terrorists. Yeah, that's what's going on right now. Let's take a look at it. Oh, and also maybe it has something to do with the fact that Bukele is uh, firm in his support with, uh, you know, El Salvador's relation with China and that he is signing a free trade agreement with China. Oh, yeah, maybe it has something to do with that. Or maybe it has something to do with the fact that he said, you know, the real war is not in Ukraine. It's in Canada, Australia, France, Brussels, England, Germany, and Italy. They just want you to look the other way. He's referring to the vicious state-sanctioned violence that was inflicted upon people who were protesting against the COVID lockdowns when that was all going on. But take a look at this. He also said this uh, as the war in Ukraine was beginning to rage and as, you know, he was facing, uh, he was facing uh, threats from the United States. He said, he tweeted this out in December of 2021. He said, who is your friend? The one that gives you a stadium, a library, a convention center, a pier and a water treatment plant, China, for example, or the one who puts you on lists, sanctions, uh, sanctions you and finances your opponents. And there, of course, he's referring to what the United States does to countries like El Salvador. Okay. He knows the threat. He knows the threat. And look at this. This is crazy. So on April 10th, 2022, Ned Price, you guys know Ned Price, right? This dude right here. B 
the infamous spokesman of the State Department of the United States. He said, the U.S. government continues to support El Salvador in its efforts to reduce the proliferation of gangs. We urge El Salvador to protect its citizens while also upholding civil liberties, including the freedom of the press. So Ned Price is concerned about the civil liber liberties of street terrorists that are committing violent acts of murder all across the country each and every day in El Salvador. And President Bukele responded. He said, quote, the U.S. government continues to support El Salvador to reduce the proliferation of gangs. Really? Yeah, we got support from the U.S. government to fight crime, but that was under the Trump administration. You were the only one supporting gangs in their civil liberties now. And he has the receipts. Guess who's playing around in El Salvador? USAID. USAID redirects assistance for Salvadoran government institutions to civil society groups. So when El Salvador began, began to successfully crack down on the MS-13 terrorists and the drug trade, what did the Biden administration do? Well, can't get in the middle of the CIA's drug trade, so we're going to have to support some civil society groups to try and tackle the incredible feats that uh, Bukele was achieving in El Salvador. This funding will be used for promoting transparency, combating corruption, and monitoring human rights with local civil society and human rights orgs. Hey, newsflash, there's no such thing as human rights. There's no such thing as human rights. Um, Bukele tweeted this out today, though. So this is what caught my attention. All right. He tweeted this out. The official communication medium of the government of the United States, he's referring to uh, Vos de America, which is a USAID funded media outlet uh, that has many various um, uh, faces all across the world. You know, they have like all these it, it's. It's USAID, it's State Department, it's U.S. government-funded media apparatus, okay? It's like the equivalent of um, the Maidan Press or the, you know, uh, the Kiev Independent, but it's even worse than that in El Salvador. So they tweeted this out and they said, some 2,000 suspected gang members were transferred this Friday to the mega prison recently inaugurated by the El Salvador government. This will be their new home where they will not be able to do any more harm to the population. The president, Nayib Bukele, said through his Twitter account. And they're, they're crying about this. They're like, well, how could he do something? He responded. He said the official communication medium of the government of the United States says that these assassins judicially convicted of murdering thousands of Salvadorans are suspected gang members. Why did they publicly defend gang members? What is your interest in protecting these criminals? You might be asking. Yeah, I am asking that. I said, look, the people of America stand with you, President Bukele. And uh, I was very, very happy to see right before I went live, he retweeted that. He retweeted Samir Khan as well, saying uh, similar stuff. Samir Khan said, uh, Naib Bukele is cool and base. His foreign policy is especially cool and base as well. I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. And now the United States is doing what they did to Hungary. They're coming after him. They're saying, well, Bukele doesn't agree with trans rights. It's almost as if they're trying to make us like Bukele even more. Human Rights Watch says El Salvador fails to meet deadline for trans rights ruling. <laughs> he won't let eight-year-olds get trans transgender surgeries. He won't let them do it. Okay. Z's in the chat for President Bukele. We'd love to have you on the show, Mr. President, and uh, keep up the amazing work. We in America love to see it and people all across the world, you know, we got people all across the world right now uh, watching this stream and watching this video. I'm sure thereafter when I post it and uh, we support you. Thank you for being a real leader in Latin America. And hopefully you can fix this mess that is uh, plaguing your continent right now. We need to get rid of George Soros, get rid of the Open Societies Foundation, get rid of these weak leaders and bring back real men like yourself.
Z's in the chat for President Bukele. We love to see it. All right. Hey, look, we got some amazing stories that we'll be getting through momentarily. But first, be sure to drop a like on this stream. And uh, I want to say thank you to our first partner for uh, tonight's stream. Let me see this real quick here. Let me see this. One moment. And be sure, be sure to check out our merch. We have new merch that officially launched. You can grab it by clicking on the link in the description, the first link in the description. Go get your Z merch right now if you have not done so yet. Get it while it's hot. I don't know. I cannot promise you it'll be there forever because last time it got banned. But we're working with a new company now. So anyways, I want to take a moment to thank the one, the only American financing. And look, I want you guys to check them out right now. You can do so using the link in the description of our live stream here tonight. Uh, you can also do that by clicking on the link that I'm going to send in the live chat right now. Okay, so American financing is the place to be. That is if, you know, you kind of meet the requirements of working with American financing. But listen, I want you to check them out. I want you to share American financing with your friends because... They've been endorsed by a lot of people. They've got uh, thousands of positive reviews because they prioritize you, the customer, rather than you know their own bank accounts and making money. It's quite simple, okay? And because of that, they've proven to be a quite successful company. They have endorsements from not just myself, but people all across the political spectrum, Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, just to name a few. They're licensed in all 50 states and have helped thousands of people with home loans, okay? They're a family-owned mortgage lender. They've been in business for over 20 years. So as long as I've been alive and they know what they're doing, okay? Uh, their Google reviews prove this. Again, I encourage you to check them out if you don't believe me, because they do what is called an employee salary-based mortgage consultancy. So they, again, instead of having these consultants that work based on what they sell you, they are working and getting money based on a salary. So they're not predatory. They're not trying to screw you over. They have no incentive to put you in a home loan. That does not make sense. Their mission is to save you money. And in fact, the average clients that they work with is saving $700 a month on average. Okay, you can get at least a carton of eggs with that. Uh, they're saving uh, lots of people money. They're making a lot of people debt-free, which is incredible. And you can actually talk to them right now by calling their uh, their phone number, their toll-free number, 888-976-5555. Again, you can talk to their salary-based mortgage consultants today and get started on your road to financial freedom by clicking on the link in the description or the live chat or by calling 888-976-5555. Thank you so much to American Financing for supporting the dive. When everyone else wants to tear us down and demonetize us, ban us, all that stuff, because we tell the truth. We tell the truth about Ukraine, China, Russia, El Salvador now, Syria, whatever it is, okay, whatever it is. And uh, let's move on to China. Let's move on to China and talk about China because we have some news about China. We do. All right. Let's get some Z's in the chat. We're talking about China now. We're talking about China. Um... 
I don't necessarily believe the phrase, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but when it comes to the deep state, when it comes to people like John Bolton, um, I'd have to say that that usually works. That that phrase usually is pretty. You can you can usually live with that statement and uh, follow that that path, and you will be just all right. And in the case of John Bolton and his opinions on his enemy, his number one enemy in China, that's definitely the case. John Bolton has come out this week and he said that you should hate China because Ukraine's number one threat is China. Yeah, he said it. He said, I'm not making it up. Ukraine's most threatened by China. The former U.S. national security advisor says he expects Beijing to side with Moscow on key issues. Former top U.S. diplomat John Bolton says he doubts that China can legitimately hold a position of neutrality in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Okay. Quote, a lot of so-called experts have said China was dismayed by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Bolton told the Washington Post. Doubt it. I think we've seen in recent days proof positive that's not true. So to be clear, and I think China's in this with both feet on Russia's side. And while I certainly don't diminish the threat of China poses to Taiwan and countries in East and South Asia, I would say the most threatened country in the world today from China is Ukraine. <laughs> Based? Based? Zelensky's regime is threatened by China? Can you say based? Um... Yeah, I mean, they, so there, there's all this talk right now. They're saying, oh, the red line is China supplying lethal munitions and lethal arms to Russia for their operations in Ukraine. This William Burns, uh, director of the CIA, who was one of the key individuals that orchestrated this proxy war against Russia in Ukraine, came out this week and he said that he is convinced that China is preparing to send lethal munitions and artillery to Russia for their pro proxy war that they're having to wage against the West in Ukraine right now. And again, based, uh, but this is, this is beginning to become a thing. Okay. And it's like, so China is threatening Ukraine by maybe, maybe not sending lethal munitions there as they do what, as they try to establish a peace deal more on that in a second, but the United States is not threatening China as they, uh, plan to expand their military presence in Taiwan, as they plan to deploy between 100 and 200 troops, more troops to Taiwan. OK, uh, as the United States just set up four new military bases in the Philippines and is in talks with the Philippines and Australia on joint South China Sea patrols with their AUKUS friends. So the United States isn't threatening China by doing that. The United States isn't threatening China by flying into the ADIZ, uh, Ta Taiwanese ADIZ, the South China Sea. The United States isn't threatening China by having 400 military bases across uh, encircling China. Uh, with the exception of like two regions, the United States isn't threatening China by making up crazy lies to try and foment uh, a war against the Chinese people in uh, Xinjiang, Xinjiang genocide, uh, the lies in Tibet, you know, Tibetan independence uh, by supporting the ETIM terrorist group, by supporting Hong Kong terrorists. Uh, oh, and by the way, they're Ukrainian Nazis that were there protesting alongside the Hong Kong terrorists, uh, making up lies, of course, about Taiwan going against the decades long policy of the one China policy that says that Taiwan is um, governed by a sole Chinese government in Beijing. Uh, so this is, it's just crazy. It's completely hypocritical. Okay. So if this, if China, you know, supplying Russia with lethal arms is a threat to Ukraine, then the United States has declared war on China already, if that's the case. Okay. And why is this all happening? Well, because China was announcing that 
they were preparing this big peace proposal for the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Um, and I guess this is some sort of a threat. It's a threat to the military industrial complex. Again, this is what it is. It's quite simple. Respect the sovereignty of all countries. Abandon the Cold War mentality. Cease hostilities. Presume peace or resume peace talks. Resolve the humanitarian crisis. Protect civilians and prisoners of war. Keeping nuclear power plants safe. Reduce strategic risks, facilitate grain exports, stop unilateral sanctions, keep industrial supply chain stable, promote post-conflict reconstruction. Okay, so that's all fair and good, I think. And I think that the Russians, actually, I, it's not I think the Russians support that. We have comments from the Russians. The Russians say, quote, we highly value the aspiration of our Chinese friends to contribute to a settlement of the conflict in Ukraine through peaceful means. We share the views of China. As for the Ukraine crisis, Russia is open to achieving the goals of the special military operation via political and diplomatic means. This implies the secession of supplying Western arms and mercenaries to Ukraine, a ceasefire. Ukraine returning to its neutral non-bloc status. Recognition of the new territorial realities established after the realization of the rights of the peoples to self-determination. And the demilitarization and denazification of Ukraine, including the elimination of all threats emanating from it. All integral rights, including the right to talk and study in a native language, shall be guaranteed to Ukrainian citizens, including Russian-speaking population and those of other national minorities. All unlawful, restrictive measures must be lifted. And all politicized lawsuits filed with international courts shall be withdrawn. We are confident that progress on this path will lead to a universal, just, and stable peace. The main obstacle to a peaceful settlement today is the impossibility of negotiations with president of Russian, Russia, Vladimir Putin, as formalized in legislation via an executive order by Vladimir Zelensky on September 30th, 2022, and the Ukrainian leaders' others' initiatives that are indicative of official Kiev's complete departure from today's realities, including the requirement to withdraw Russian forces from our new regions. Okay, so there you have it. I mean, the Russians completely support this, and that is why Everyone in the West, CIA, John Bolton, the State Department, they're saying China is threatening Ukraine and China's about to cross the red line. It's not because they're threatening to send lethal munitions into Russia. It's because before they do that, they tried to push for peace. Quite simple, if you ask me. All right. Um, let's take a look at this story now. But before we do, before we do, I want to say thank you to our second sponsor for today's stream. That is Birch Gold. You guys probably know Birch Gold by now, but if you don't, I want to share how amazing they are with all of you. So if you're watching our stream, just scroll down and you will find the link to Birch Gold right here. Uh, birchgold.com forward slash Jackson, where you can click on that green button to sign up for a free kit with Birch Gold. Birch Gold will help you invest in gold and silver at a time when I think it would be very wise to talk to my friends there. They have an A-plus rating at the Better Business Bureau, thousands of positive reviews, and it's because they've helped customers protect against stock market crashes, safeguard against inflation, and diversify savings generally by Again, investing in physical gold and silver in IRAs or 401ks. So when you click on the link that I'm sending in the live chat right now, it helps support the show. Click on that link right now. Go check out Birch Gold again. 
Uh, thank you to Birch Gold for supporting the show. It makes a lot of sense to me. China and Russia are the largest state holders of gold and silver out of any country on the globe because they are working to build a new gold standard reserve currency that will challenge the petrodollar. Okay, so if it's smart for Russia, if it's smart for China, maybe you should check it out. I think so. Um, go talk to my friends over there. Sign up for a free kit right now. They'll help you answer any questions you have. Again, gold has withstood the test of time. 5,000 plus years. You look at famine, drought, war, political instability, whatever. Gold has withstood the test of time. And when you work with Birch Gold, you're going to be doing so in a tax-free account. So go check out birchgold.com forward slash Jackson. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And back to our program. Let's talk about this. So Something really incredible is happening in the Republican Party, specifically the MAGA movement. They're actually putting America first. And whatever their motivations are, I don't really care because I agree with the policy that they are bringing to the table. Now, as an American, I do support putting America first. I wave that flag quite proudly. Okay. I think that our government should put us first. And, you know, some might argue that what we're doing in Ukraine or Syria or Afghanistan or Iraq, whatever, wherever, you know, it, we're trying to help the people there, but we shouldn't help the people there. We should help the people of America first. Well, that's not the case. We all know that's not the case. The only thing that we did in Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, um, Ukraine, wherever uh, you're looking at is, is foment political instability, cause people to starve, cause people to die. We shed a lot of blood. Uh, we wage campaigns of political instability and violence. Uh, we wage proxy wars. We funded terrorists. We did all of this stuff, right? Uh, we balkanized sovereign countries. We deposed democratically elected leaders. And most notably, I'd have to say, was in Syria. For the past eight years, we waged a dirty war with the help of the Brits in Syria. We made up bogus claims of chemical gas attacks that were allegedly carried out by the Assad government against his own people. Turns out... We learned that wasn't the case in Ghouta and Duma. It was actually the United States that helped orchestrate these gas attacks that did take place uh, with the terrorists that we were supporting on the ground, like the White Helmets, Josh al-Islam, al-Nusra, Hayatri al-Sham, Daesh, for example. In Syria, it was, it's worth noting that um, Jake Sullivan admitted in private emails to Hillary Clinton that Daesh, or ISIS, is on our side in Syria on our side against the Russians and the Assad government, who was democratically elected. Now, the real reason why we're going after Syria is because we want their oil and we're getting their oil in the northeast of the country. We've occupied it for several years with the help of the Kurds. We have multiple military bases there, hundreds of troops, and each and every day we're stealing their oil and we're burning their crops, their wheat. We are placing so many sanctions on Syria that they're unable to reconstruct their country after the dirty war that we wage and the airstrikes that we launch upon them, okay? In addition to that, we have effectively cut off their entire country from the hydrocarbon-rich region of Syria, which again is where we have our military bases. So when I see people like Matt Gates of Florida, congressman of Florida, of the MAGA movement, who's coming out and saying that we need to end the U.S. occupation in Syria, again, I don't really care why he's supporting this. Uh, I just fully support his effort to do so. Take a look at this right here. Matt Gates talks about uh, the insanity of all this madness on Fox News. And of course, because he's leading this effort, he's been smeared so much by the press, all of the press, okay? They tried to make him out as a pedophile when 
Turns out, couldn't have been further from the truth. And now they've dropped all these investigations. Okay. All because he spoke the truth about foreign policy. Now, back in March of 2021, y'all remember this, the DOJ announced that it was investigating Florida Congressman Matt Gates over whether he had a sexual relationship with a 17-year-old girl and paid her to travel with him. That's a violation of sex trafficking laws. Well, Gates at the time and to this day says none of it was true. Now, the media and even some of his congressional colleagues didn't care. They baselessly smeared him over one of the most vile accusations imaginable. Matt Gates, who is you know pretty close at some point to hopefully being indicted being a, a pedophile. It's an indictment of today's GOP, a party that elevates the ignorant, the racist, the fabulous, and the fraud. Matt Gates, the credible charges of sex trafficking. Matt Gates is an alleged child sex trafficker who has been under federal criminal investigation. He decided who would be the speaker. To get a sense of how truly awful those people are, some of those comments even came after investigators recommended against charges last year. Now, today, the final vindication, as the DOJ officially decided it will not pursue any charges. Joining me now is Florida Matt Gates, Congressman. I mean, I know you feel vindicated, but listening to those comments from the people who always rush out and say, innocent until proven guilty. That's got to make your blood boil. Yeah, I, I got the news today in sort of a surreal fashion. I was interviewing an FBI whistleblower in a transcribed interview when my lawyers got this information from DOJ. And remember, Project Veritas got a CNN director on an undercover video saying that the reason the media was propagandizing my life and telling these lies about me breathlessly over and over is because I'm effective at impacting legislation. And like when CNN criticizes me, you have to th think, are they projecting a little bit? Like, wasn't it the CNN president of the company that had to step aside because of sexual allegations? Wasn't it their top-rated show, Cuomo, that had to get canceled because of lies and cover-ups over sexual allegations? And then it was their own legal analyst who had no problem opining as to the lies about me then has to step aside because he was doing unspeakable things on a Zoom broadcast. So I don't really take my P's and Q's from the mainstream media. Okay. For the last two years, I've been fighting for my constituents, and the mainstream media largely has been like a refuge for scoundrels and weirdos. Well, Congressman Gates, a lot of people at the time said when these charges were made against you that this was you were, they were picking you off. You know, they targeted Trump with Russian collusion, and then a whole series of conservatives would be similarly targeted, smeared, maligned, until they just gave up. What's your message tonight to effective conservative communicators? Time to pay attention? What's going on? Well, we, we all have to watch our back because that's where the target is. But I can tell you that I drew great inspiration from the way President Trump didn't let the process become the punishment. He forged ahead to institute policies regarding our border, regarding our economy. And I also look to the mentorship of my friend Jim Jordan, who also faced totally false allegations and was in a position where he continued to lead on critical Republican efforts. So I know folks don't always agree with my perspective 
on everything, but I have been working to impact the Congress in a positive way, get us out of foreign wars, focus on the border. And now I serve on the committee focused on the weaponization of this government against our people. And having been through the experiences of my life, I hope I'm able to be an effective member of that panel. Congressman, uh, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. So there you have it. That's the reason why they came after Matt Gates. Now he's a free man, essentially, because the truth came out. He's not guilty of anything. And he's decided to introduce the War Powers Resolution to pull U.S. troops out of Syria. The House will be forced to vote on the resolution within 18 days of its introduction. Um, and this would effectively order President Biden to pull U.S. troops out of Syria. A move that came after four U.S. troops were reported injured in a raid against ISIS in the country. He said, quote, Congress has never authorized the use of military force in Syria. The United States is currently not in a war with or against Syria. So why are we conducting a dangerous military operation there? President Biden must remove all U.S. armed forces from Syria. America first means actually putting the people of our country first, not the interests of the military industrial complex. OK, absolutely beautiful. Now, look. There have been some Democrats in years past who have supported the idea of ending the U.S. occupation in Syria. So we'll see what happens now. Will they be cucked to the Democratic Party or will Matt Gates find some unlikely uh, bedfe bedfellows, uh, friends, allies, whatever you want to call them in the Democratic Party to try and get this passed through the United States Congress, through the House? Because let me just tell you, there is going to be a sea of rhino neocon Republicans that try to stop this from happening. Just because Republicans are in control does not mean that this is likely to pass. It's not likely to pass. But props to Matt Gates for making this happen, okay? And what I think we should do is um, I think that we should organize an effort, and I'm going to reach out to Matt Gates's team. Uh, I think we should organize an effort to call our Congress people or whatever he thinks his office thinks is the best move here, because, you know, we have we have like 8000 people watching the stream right now. Imagine if we had 8000 people um, on a on a broadcast, so, you know, we'd stream a little bit earlier. But imagine if we had so many people calling um, Congress people, each one of your Congress people to demand that this be passed. I think it would be absolutely incredible and maybe even impactful. So. We'll see. I'm going to reach out to them, uh, send them an email and see what we can make happen, because it is imperative that we get this passed. All right. Hey, look, everybody, on that note, I'm out for the night. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Let's get some Z's in the chat. Um, I appreciate you all being here again. If you haven't joined our Telegram, be sure to join using the link I'm going to send you in the live chat right now. Our Telegram is the only place where you can find me completely censor free. So join our telegram over nearly 11,000 people have joined already. Go join it right now. Thank you to everyone watching on YouTube. Thank you to everyone watching on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe to our channel if you haven't done so yet. So you don't miss any news that takes place as we inch closer and closer to World War Three. Um, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by clicking on the locals link that I'm going to send in the live chat right now. Last thing here is our locals link. I also have a Patreon and give sin go, which you can donate to in the description. And I greatly appreciate everyone who supports us there because YouTube has permanently demonetized my account, which means pretty much I have no income from them uh, or from most things. So thank you to everyone who supports us there. Lastly, lastly, last thing of all is uh, we have merch. So for the first time we have merch in a long time. 
uh, go get your Z merch right now. If you haven't done so, you're going to be looking amazing and you're going to be supporting the show at the same time. So there's the link to our merch. It's also the first link in the description of our live stream. Thank you so much, everybody for tuning in. I'll see you all next time. Peace out. Z's in the chat. As always, I'm going to wrap up our stream by saying, fuck Dick Cheney. I will see you all next time. Thank you so much, everybody. Z's in the chat. Peace out. Have a great rest of your night. Until next time.
வாழ்க்கை பதியது